This is Make Something Cool. I am Alex Sugg, and today I'm excited to have my producer Josh on to talk about how I failed. But not really. Um, we're going to talk about how the recent experiment with uh, Make Daily, the podcast, did not work. And um, but that there are lots of parts of it that did work. And I thought it'd be fun to bring Josh on. Josh has never been on the show, but Josh is like fully integrated in the making of every episode we've done. He's produced them all. He's fully in the mix all the time. And so I thought it'd be fun to bring him on and just talk about all the details of like just high level what it's like to try something and fail, but also inside what it's been like to work on the project. And before we get into that conversation, I just want to give like an overview of what happened and what we're doing moving forward. So basically, I learned that a daily podcast is a lot for people to listen to. Most people don't actually want to listen to something every morning. And even if they think they do, building the habit is really hard. But what was cool about it is we did learn that people love daily video clips on social media. So we've switched to making daily clips based on the make daily email. And people also love the emails. So those are not changing. Make daily is going to remain a newsletter that is daily, along with video clips on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. And I think that's a way better format. I feel like the video clips are doing what I had hoped the podcast would do. But turns out people really love interview podcasts and not so much these short daily clips. So long story short, we're going back to the interview podcast format. And that's going to be Make Something Cool. And then there will be the other product, if you want to call it that, which is Make Daily, which is a newsletter. And so all of that is going to continue moving forward. That's the basic idea. But now I want to throw it to Josh. Josh, how do you feel about these changes? How do you, How's it been? being on this weird this weird journey uh making this stuff with me uh yeah dude uh it's been it's been great it's been a challenge i think being able to fail together i think is a little more comforting i think for myself of i'm i'm failures and a scary thing in general right like i think oftentimes for myself i'm always afraid of what are people going to think what are people going to how are they going to perceive all these changes uh there's i i feel a lot of judgment and and in a self-conscious kind of way of and mm-hmm. things that don't even exist. There's these like false narratives that I like build and live in. But when I'm working with someone else, it's like, Oh dude, we're in this together. Like I'm in the trenches. There's some kind of like camaraderie there that like allows me to be more comfortable to have that face-to-face relationship with failure mm-hmm. and learning that like failure is not necessarily, it's not necessarily a, a bad thing and you shouldn't you shouldn't avoid it. I think I've learned a lot of that in, in this process of make something cool. And, you know, starting from make something cool to brave world back to make something cool to make daily now back to make something cool mm-hmm. as far as the podcast go. Right. And yeah. so going back to the the interview and I think it's almost like exposure, exposure therapy to be like, Oh, failure is not something you want to avoid because it's impossible. Like it's inevitable mm-hmm. that you're going to fail. So instead of trying to avoid it and being afraid of it, leaning into it and becoming, I guess in a weird way, like friends with failure or mm-hmm. have like a, a more synergetic relationship with failure, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think, I think, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Cause I think, I don't know if I'd be brave enough to make a bunch of iterations, uh, on my thing without someone or uh, on a project without something like there's something about iterating with, a within a community yeah. uh, 
it gives me that 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 bravery to be like, yeah, I'm in. Like, let's see what happens. Like, let's make right. something and s- throw it against the wall and see what sticks and kind of adjust from there. Uh, it's yeah. been, yeah, it's been good in that way. Yeah, I agree, dude. I feel like, I don't know. I think making anything online, you are, you're going to hit walls. And I think anyone who's done it for any period of time, like you hit walls and it's really... I think I've just kind of landed on like the only way to actually succeed online and anyone who I've ever met who's actually succeeded online. A lot of the people we've had on the podcast, it was because that they were willing to just start and then keep iterating, keep iterating, keep iterating until they land on what works. And I think that that that's kind of what we've been in the process of doing with make something cool for the past year or so. And a lot of things, you know, I think quote unquote have worked. Like I think the the podcast, we have like a really loyal, awesome listener base for the the uh interviews. And I think like going to the daily podcast, I think it's one of those like classic, like in theory, this is a great idea. Like of course I want a two or three minute thing to wake up to that's gonna be inspiring and blah blah blah. But when you're actually in practice where it's like, oh, someone has to pull out their phone, remember to hit play. And it's only three minutes or whatever. So then they have to find something else to listen to, right? Like there are all these little steps in that that are like painful for someone. It's like subconscious pain that people won't actually take the actions. But in order to find that out, we had to make it. You know what I mean? We had to like actually go out there and try it and see what happened. And it's crazy because had we not done that, I would have never started doing these video clips on this, on the social platform. So like the these short 30 second versions of Make Daily, people really love them and there is like a real fit for like the format how people use the platforms and now it's like this awesome driver of marketing for the shows and stuff but we would have never landed on that and iterated on that had we not gone to the daily thing and even that was a by like we started i remember i started out doing twitter threads uh (laughs) that was that was the main way i wanted to promote make daily and that just completely bombed that completely tanked Twitter threads are not my thing. And I learned that through this process of like, I am not a corny Twitter thread writing guy. I cannot do it. And I don't, I didn't feel good writing them either. You know, I just didn't feel quite like genuine and stuff, but I learned like, oh, this doesn't really work. So let me try, you know, our our mutual buddy Drew kind of pushed me to like, hey, you should try like video clips for these. Like just make them really easy. Don't make them hard. Make them really simple. And it freaking worked. And now we have a really good marketing driver for the future, but yeah, dude, it's it's weird. And now going back to the interviews, it's it's really fun to think about how we can incorporate what we learned through this past month while interviewing really awesome creators, kind of like the way we did in the past. And I just feel like we've gathered so much more information on a better way to build build the thing. But yeah, for sure, it doesn't feel good to like, you know, it feels really good to see the graphs go up and to the right all the time. And for the past month, it's been that way for everything except the podcast. And the podcast has been started out kind of even. And it's then it just slowly, slowly, slowly over the month started tanking downward the trend. And I've talked to a few people about it. And the basic idea is just like, yeah, it's just too much, dude. I'm not going to listen to something every day. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's 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 funny because even you and I talked about it and it was like, you know, an interview podcast is an hour and a half a lot of times. But for yeah. some reason, the barrier to entry is like you only hit play on that one time, one time where like the daily stuff, it's like this whole new habit you have to train listeners to want to have. And most people just didn't care. 
so anyway, but yeah, dude, it's been a crazy learning experience. And I know I'm, I'm crazy and then I get like wild ideas and I just go try them out. And sometimes they work and a lot of, most of the time they don't, but it's fun to, it's fun to try stuff. Yeah, no. And I think it's been really cool to, to watch it from the outside. And I think you got to try things and see what waves catch, you know, like we can mm. work hard and I don't think changing how much hard you work, uh, like you're going to work hard regardless, but I think sometimes riding waves that are, that are already there, like finding out, oh, this wave actually has movement. Like I'm working just as hard, but this wave's like helping me go where right. I need to be. Meaning like the reels or the TikTok or whatever, these short video clips that are catching and we're working just as hard, you know, doing a daily podcast, but there's no, the water's like flat. Right. And so yeah. I think instead of trying to force waves, it's like, okay, this is, there's no waves here. Let's move somewhere else and let's go catch yeah. waves somewhere else. Uh, somewhere else and see our, our, our work actually have some movement. And I think, uh, yeah, learning, learning along the way has been really, really cool and watching you do that. And I, I, I'm one of my questions, I think for you in that sense, because from the outside looking in, every time we've talked, you've been so excited to switch it up. You've been so excited. Like, dude, we're going to make this change. Hey, we're going to make this iteration. We're going to make reels and make something cool. We're going to do daily, which is actually, (laughs) if you look back, it, it makes a lot of sense. The first thing I thought about was, like Casey Neistat and his YouTube, yeah. you know, when he was making videos, he had like 500,000 followers, I think. And then when he went to YouTube day or making daily vlogs, I think he said within a year he had 2 million. So he right. tripled his, his, or quadrupled his uh, following within a year. Right. So like mm. in, in thinking that way, I'm like, Oh yeah. Da- template wise daily, more listenership daily, more viewership. So in the, in the sense of the podcast, I was like, Oh yeah, it's going to, it's going to go up. But then it's just interesting. Yeah. Like three minute videos or three minute podcasts for some reason. Uh, And that's when, yeah, yeah, the format and the audio and the way you consume is very important. Like that's an important factor in all this. Right. Yeah. Um, Cause it worked then and it worked for that medium. And now for us, we're trying to do this. Maybe we didn't do it long enough. I don't know. Maybe that's not a great comparison because he did that for like three years or something like that. Yeah. He's a madman. (laughs) But, um, but anyways, in that regard, like from the outside looking in, I was, I always felt like the courage to lean into these changes because I think you had this semblance of, Oh, I'm confident in this. Was that always like, was that what's going on internally too? Or are you making all these changes to this brand that you have built from the ground up? Was there any like fear inside or like of iterating all the time or like, how are people going to respond to it? For sure. I think I've been trying weird things online for long enough to know that most of it's going to fail and it's it's but it's still really scary for me like i still feel you know i still feel the fear that if if i if i try something i'm going to piss people off or it's <laughs> going to be or it's going to be too much um i like what you said earlier really resonates i'm i'm pretty like self-conscious like i don't like people's perception of me is like definitely something i've struggled with over my life is just feeling kind of insecure about how people see me i got made fun of for most of my life for like being really serious. Uh, my friends all through high school, all through everything, they, they'd always make fun of me for being very serious and I would be working all the time. And like, I think that that's like part of me that I, I've learned to love about myself that I take myself serious, but I think it also, I feel insecure about it when I'm trying a bunch of stuff in public. That's a scary thing too. Just trying things in public, you're just showing your whole ass and everyone can basically say like, oh my gosh, Alex is such a tryhard or Alex is so uh, thirsty or Alex is so whatever, whatever, whatever to like try and make something happen for for himself. 
Um, and when I zoom out, I just think like that can be perceived as a negative thing, but it's also true in a positive way where it's like, I am taking, I like zoom out and I feel like insecure that, wow, people are going to think I'm a try hard and they're going to like think I'm goofy and corny, which is probably true. I'm sure there are people who think that, but then I zoom out even further from that. And I'm just like, that's okay. I am kind of corny and I am kind of nerdy. And like, this is the stuff that I'm actually into and I'm going to let some randoms who I don't ever talk to through a screen, like really deter me from, from trying this, whatever I think would be cool, whatever I would want to see online. But it's like, it's a, it's a self-talk exercise. I have to put myself through of like, okay. Cause whenever I come up with one of these ideas, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to look so cheesy. It's going to be so corny. I'm going to look like such a try hard. People are going to hate it. There's all this talk going on in my head, but I have to like zoom out and be like, it doesn't really matter. Like I think Jack, Jack Butcher in, um, in our podcast, he said something that I think about all the time where, where he said like, you have to break through this, this, uh, this invisible wall when you're creating things online where your audience that you're making things for is no longer just like your family and your friends who you went to high school or college with or the people who you just know through life. But the internet, you, you have to break that wall into having an internet audience, which expands far beyond what your day-to-day social life has brought in you. But he argues that's the most uncomfortable wall to get through because you're so self-conscious about what all these people are thinking about you, who you used to know or who you see sometimes or mm. whatever. But then he's, you know, and he, he said at the end, which always sticks to me, he's like, the, the closer you are to the edge of feeling discomfort with that wall, the closer you are to breaking through it. Like the, the more uncomfortable you feel about how others might perceive you, the more it means you should do it because that means you're actually going to do what is going to probably work online for your online audience. Mm. And you just had like a really healthy perspective of like using the internet as your workplace, like utilizing these free, amazing tools, whether it's social or podcasting or whatever, like use that to leverage and make the life you want, but don't use it as like an identity uh, trap almost. And so there are all these things where I'm like, and again, this is not natural to me. This is just me remembering some other smarter people than me who have done it in the past. And I kind of remind myself of all these things. But yeah, dude, I get scared all the time when I try stuff. I'm scared right now talking about <laughs> these these changes and like being perceived as failing with this project. But it, But then when I zoom out, it's like, it did fail. It didn't work. But then there's parts of it that did. And I think there's like a sense of feeling I, I at least know now. And I think what I'm, I'm afraid of failing. I'm really afraid of failing publicly. I'm, I'm an Enneagram three. That's like my deathly fear. But I think my even deeper fear than that is to never find out like, and I've learned this over time is like, I am terrified and I've been terrified my whole life of getting to my deathbed and feeling like I left something on the table in my life. Like that scares me more than anything. Mm. And I've just kind of tried to shift my mindset. to like, I need to just try stuff and I need to find out it doesn't work. I need to, and most like 99% of things will not work probably, but I need to go freaking find out. And cause I would rather find out and just know that I know that I know than live my life wondering if it could have worked. So that's my long winded way of saying like, yeah, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of making these changes, but I also know like I'll be like internally kind of tortured if I never find out like if it could have or should have worked, you know? Yeah, no, that's great, dude. I think, yeah, the, the fear of there's, 
that's scarier than failure, right? The fear of like the what ifs or what if I never found out? What if I never tried? What if I, I at least for me, that's what I'm learning now is like, that is way more scarier than, than the, the fear that I'm facing now of like, oh, what if people think this? What do people think that? Mm-hmm. Or what if, what do I think of myself? Um, yeah. And trying to, cause I do, so, I work on so many projects and, and I think sometimes I, I, I have this feeling people's never said that, but they're like, I feel like people think, oh, Josh, you do so many things and you're trying so hard to be this or that. And I'm just trying to figure out what works and what do I enjoy and what do I like? And that used to be a scary thing where I thought I need to have one lane and one, one project that I'm, I should stick yeah. to versus doing all these other different projects and ventures. But you learn so much along the way and you learn more about yourself. Cause like for me, being a, an Enneagram four, um, you mentioned earlier as a three, which we have some sort of crossover there, but for mm-hmm. my, my, my biggest fear is just not being, just not being important or not having significance or not having impact. And, mm-hmm. and so I sometimes think if I, if I fail, then I'm no longer going to be special or if I don't do something, which is like tension between I, I must create so I can be different and be special and be unique but like in the same sense, if I don't create stuff, then I'll will I might be ordinary, and then yeah, if I change all the time, how to just that whole shame, living in shame all the time and being like I'm yeah. not any different, I'm not special, which honestly too is a little grounding. I need it's a both and thing I think for me of like yeah, yeah sometimes Josh, you need to know that like you you know you are very similar to a lot of people, which is help me. It's helped ground me to be like mm. oh other people are afraid too. Oh, yeah. other people don't know what they're doing. I mean, we were talking about the other day about this idea of uh, the whole falling with style thing where I'm mm-hmm. from the Toy Story stuff, right? Where it's like, man, sometimes I feel like where everyone thinks, you know, Buzz Lightyear's flying, but really he's just falling. But then Buzz like, nah, man, we're falling with style. Or like mm-hmm. Woody originally put it, like, you're not flying, you're falling with style. But yeah. there's something I think special about falling with style or falling through life with style of just like admitting like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing, but at the same time, like, trying to make the best of it and be like, no, we're going to fail and we're going to iterate and we're going to iterate and we're going to, we're going to figure this out. Cause, um, yeah. Putting yourself out there. I think it was, I mean, she had a lot of people talk about it, but I think the first time I, I saw it was, um, from Jesse Bryan, uh, mm. about, he said something, he tweeted something about like, it's easier to critique than to create. And, yeah. and I think often, yeah, that fear of being critiqued. So then I, then I don't create. And so instead I just go around critiquing things and I'm like, dang it, I should, I should, I rather, I should feel better about other people critiquing my stuff. Cause then I, cause I want to create, I want to put stuff out there. You yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. I feel like the, I've, I, I've like, that's been a battle cry since I, and maybe it's because I was so serious or whatever, but I remember even being in high school and being like, dude, fuck critics. Like <laughs> I, I don't. And like, I just think like, it's fine if you want to be a critic. I'm a critic on plenty of things, but I also like fully understand what it's like to put yourself out there. And I think like there's that stupid, I'm not stupid. It's a great uh, quote. It's like the man in the arena um, idea where you can either be on the sidelines and just watch. It's like me watching like LeBron James play basketball. And I'm like, I'm not comparing myself to LeBron James. I'm just saying like comparing anybody. It's like if you're watching a basketball game, like I'm sitting on my couch watching these like the highest level athletes in the world. And I'm like, dude, you should have passed it there or you should have taken this shot. And it's like <laughs> to them, it has to feel like who the fuck is this guy sitting on his couch thinking he knows something about this thing that I'm like literally the top one percent in the globe at doing. 
And they only get there by putting themselves out there. But I think that we can all be critics to a lot of people a lot of times. But I think like, yeah, dude, it just feels I think the long term, it feels a lot better to be on the other side of the equation of like, I would rather be critiqued for trying than criticizing others for trying. Um, Mm. I would I would rather be somebody who tries and puts myself out there than to just be someone who's too afraid to put themselves out there and not try, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think I empathize cause I'm afraid all the time to try. Like I empathize with the fear of not putting your, there's so many things that I, I don't do because I'm afraid and I'm insecure, mm. but yeah, dude, I just think like the, the whole idea of being in the game, it, uh, I think that that, I don't know. And I think again, it's very like maybe stoic, stoic philosophy of me, but I, th- I do think a lot about death and I think a lot about like, the significant i try to the significance of this moment what am i doing what am i not doing how are people perceiving it but when you zoom out and you're just like man i i'm living this one time on this planet and i'm not getting any younger and i'm yeah. gonna die i'm gonna die at some point and i'm gonna not do this thing that i think is cool because some idiot in <laughs> in like basketball shorts like at his house is going to tweet that I'm an idiot about trying, you know what I mean? Like that's going to prevent me from living this life that I'm just like this cosmic miracle to be here. And I'm going to let that guy not let me have a good time while I'm like here to try and do the shit that I think is exciting and cool. It's great. Like when you zoom out that far, it's insane to think I'm not going to try this because of that. But when you're very, you know, when you don't zoom out, it's very primal and you just want to be, you know, you're self-protecting. You don't want to be perceived in any certain way. Like I have empathy for, for both sides of the equation, but yeah, man. Yeah. I think trying is the way to, is the way to live. That's so good, dude. And it, cause I, 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 re, I was thinking about this not too long ago. I wrote, I wrote something about, uh, participation and participating in my own life. Uh, mm. One of my projects, the little newsletter that I do that's irregular and inconsistent turns out to be really irregular and really inconsistent. I haven't written anything in a while, but one of the things I wrote about was that whole idea of participating in life because I went through high school and a big parts of my life. I see it. I keep seeing it repeat itself where I just want to be on the sidelines. Like I want to watch mm. other people live life. And so I tried out for the soccer team literally to be backup goalie. Like that, the, that was my goal. And I didn't reach that goal. I made, made varsity, got to play with my brother. He's a year older. He was a senior. I was a junior. And I literally was like, I want to be backup goalie. And at the time I was like, this is so much fun. I get to be a part of the team, but I don't have to do anything. <laughs> There's no risk. Yeah. Right. Because the other positions you sub out a lot with goalie though, they usually stay in the whole time. Like they barely need, you know, barely need to use me. Right. And, but that was my, that was the point. And then I was so okay being so close to the game, but not actually playing. And Mm. I felt like that with life often where I'm like, I get so close to the edge where I can, I can see the grass. I can smell it. I can feel it, Mm. but I'm not actually in the game. Like I'm not actually playing and I'm not Mm. actually living my life. Kind of like what you're saying where, you know, you're sitting on the couch critiquing people actually living who are mm. actually trying and failing and doing and succeeding and doing good. And so that's so good to, to, in a way, like you're, you're saying, like, I'd much rather participate in life, right? Yeah. Because, you know, I think oftentimes we say life is short. I think also life can be pretty long, but yeah. regardless of that, you don't know which life you're living until it's way too late. Like right. your life can be super short, but by the time you realize that it's, it's gone, right? right. Because, we don't, yeah, we, we got to be present. Right. And I think in the presence is where we can find the most amount of 
bravery to participate in our own life and to put ourselves out there and actually try. And it should be, it should be a, a, like, I want to do something enough to be critiqued. I want to do something. I want to be brave enough that some people hate me and some people love me and with the stuff that I'm making, because that dynamic uh, range of love and hate is a special place for art. I think, right? Like, yeah, I think good art, it causes, it makes people feel regardless. It doesn't make people feel good all the time. It doesn't make people feel bad. It just makes people feel, and I want to keep creating in that sense. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Have you always been like, we had James clear on here and he talks about habits and everyone assumes that he's really good at habits because he wrote a whole book on habits and sold a shit ton of books. So in, in that regard, have you always been, I know you used to solo act and write music and, You've been creative for a long time. You've made a bunch of music for, you know, film and TV and stuff, right? So, mm. and then you're doing this podcast and have you always, has that always been easy to you? Because from the outside, like, again, from the outside looking in, I'm like, Alex is just creating. He creates and creates. He's always making something cool. But like, is that something you've, you, you don't struggle with? Or is this one of those James Clear things where you're, you're making this podcast and helping creators push through fears of insecurity because you're also doing the same thing like you feel similar it's the second one yeah i mean i mean yeah he i think james he said like we we write the books we need you know and i feel like this whole this whole project is like it's it's a hole that is in me that i'm trying to fill and i've talked to enough you know i've been obsessed with being from the time i could play an instrument or whatever, like the, from being 12 years old, I was, I became obsessed with never having like always, I like, I want to make my living by doing creative stuff Mm. and I want others to be able to do the same. And I became obsessed with that idea as like a kid. It was just always my, it was always my, um, to where it almost became like, it wasn't even an option for me. Like there's no way I'm going to not like have a at least a creative job you know and like or doing stuff that like is fun for me like they're like but it's really fucking hard to do that and so but yeah i think like with the podcast it's it's been it's absolutely medicine for myself first like and that's when i choose my guests to talk to on the podcast or any topic it's or especially like make daily these quotes, I'm finding those quotes and I'm sitting with them for an hour in the morning, writing my reflection, writing the action with them because that's what I need in that day. And, you know, I've tried, I'm not trying to sound like holy or noble. I've done plenty of stuff in the past where I'm like, maybe people will like this. This is for them. And that almost always fails because it's like, Oh, I get bored of it. It's not for me. It's not whatever. But the stuff like, that I feel like is just very much for me, you know, like choosing guests that might be not like the traditional person who might be on a show like this thing of like, you know, Kristen Neff, who's like a famous psychologist who we had on about self-compassion. And it's like, dude, at that point in my life, when I wanted to have her on, I had none, no Ooh. self-compassion, a lot of self-hatred, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self, um, issues especially around like creating and making stuff and and feeling like i didn't have a lot to offer but i stumbled into her work and i really liked it's like hell yeah i want to have her on and i think like the truth about it is i think if i'm feeling these things someone else probably is too and so that's why i do this stuff and like but yeah at the core of it it's always it's always my own insecurity that 
is like driving. It's like me fixing my own insecurity or like taking a step to heal my own insecurity. And I guess my belief is that if I take the step to talk to this person or get interested in this subject or idea, someone else might get helped who is feeling the same as me. But yeah, I mean, it's always been like my brain is tuned to never, uh, I never have want, and this is, I have a big four wing. Sometimes I wonder if I'm a four with a three wing or a three with a four wing, but <laughs> I'm like very connected to, to both sides of it. But I just like, I never wanted to live a normal life and I never wanted to be quote unquote normal. And I never, it's never, I've never felt like it's an, even an option in my mind of whatever that means, especially with work to where, you know, I, I worked obscene hours, did weird jobs, paper route, grocery store, restaurants, busing tables. Like I did a lot of weird things for a long time in order to like still have music be the fo- focus and the driver and the thing I'm doing. And I like for, for went or foregone more maybe like traditional career paths or whatever. But I think like, yeah, I would rather do stuff that's exciting to me than have like, I don't know, be a lawyer and be miserable, you know? So I don't know if that answers your question or not, but yeah, yeah. no, it does for sure. And for those who are, I guess, a little unfamiliar with the the Enneagram, to put it pretty simply, because it's a complex like little typology, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's a way to it's a way to understand how and why we show up in the world, and to look at motivations and how we interact with people. And I think it's a great tool to to find compassion for ourselves and compassion for other people and build empathy. Because I think what we were talking about earlier about like like empathy, putting yourself out there and creating. And like you're saying, and actually what you're, what you're saying about like, actually, no, it's, it's been a fearful thing. Like I've always, uh, creating doesn't come easy, regardless of whether people think it it does for you or not. Like this, you give off the semblance of like, yeah, no, we got this together and I'm going to go, 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 go. And I'm going to create and I'm going to do, 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 do. But internally, you're, you're not. And I, you you have that fear, right. Where, and it it gives me, it's like, oh my gosh, like doing that, like putting yourself out there for critique, I think, at least for me, builds so much empathy for people who are trying or people who are failing. And all of a sudden I realized we're not all competing. We're all just trying to, we're all just trying to express and to put something out there and make, and yeah, have some sort of like impact or have some sort of I don't know, for me, like same, similar to you, like I've always felt this, I don't want to live a conventional or like normal, mm. normal life. So I do all these random, random stuff and I've kind of fallen into it because of those reasons where I'm like, oh, I just want to learn, like even podcasts and in, in, uh, producing and editing. I, I don't have, I didn't have an audio. I went to school for psychology and I worked for mm. a nonprofit for a long time, but I learned how to take photos and I learned how to make films and I learned how to do, to create audio because i've never i've never yeah never wanted this conventional life and that's cool that other people do that and i think it's there's space of for people one's not better than the other i just realized for myself personally i'm like yeah this is what i want i want i want this like original and authentic i want to live authentic i don't know about these other these other jobs like you're being a lawyer or being a teacher even though (laughs) it'd be really cool i think one day maybe i'll do the teaching thing because i do like talking so but uh but yeah yeah man i i i totally hear that and i think yeah there's a lot of like it's also important to say like i think there are so many ways there's this really bad story and i think it's really prevalent in millennials um i don't think it's as bad for gen x especially not boomers but 
I, I also don't think it's as bad for Gen Z either. I think it's very much a millennial thing where we feel very self-identified with our work and our work really uh, unhealthily defines us in our own perception of ourselves. And I think like in so many ways, like to your point, it's not good or bad to be conventional. It's just whatever you feel happiest and best about for you. Like there are so many parts of my life that I am very conventional. Like I'm married. I have a dog. Uh, there are lots of things that are just like, I'm very conventional. I'm not, I'm not living the craziest life. I'm not like a digital nomad jumping around, like doing all this stuff. Um, it's just my work life. That part of who I am, that part of my identity is like, yeah, I don't really want to do a conventional route here. And I think that there's to your point so much space. And I think it's like also just a really bad story to think that everyone should be doing their hobbies for their jobs or everyone should be like, quote unquote, living their dreams as their job. Yeah. That's something I just really want to like normalize is like, that's not true for everyone. Like a lot of people have different value sets and work truthfully doesn't matter that much to a lot of people. It's more like I want to be like have a job that's fun and that I enjoy that can provide for me and my family and my loved ones and have a fulfilling life outside. Like it's really not this all encompassing identifier. Uh, but I think a lot of us struggle with feeling like it is. Mm. So I just want to like say that because I think you're right. Like, yeah, there's a lot of there's no you're spot on. There's no shame in the game depending on what you want to do and how you want to live your life. Yeah. But for but for me, I just yeah, personally, I became obsessive with work stuff of like, I want my work life to feel and look a certain way. And not everyone should want that. In fact, I, I've known a lot of people. It's been kind of cool. Maybe we're starting to come out of that headspace. But a lot of my very closest friends have like done the thing where they're like, yeah, I want to do creative work for my job or I want to be a freelance creative in some capacity or it's photography, design, whatever. And they do it for a, ser- a season of life. And they have this really honest moment with their, with themselves where like, this is not what I thought it would be. This is actually really hard, really shitty. Um, this thing that you used to love, like this is actually what happened with me with music. That's why I transitioned into doing podcasting. Music was always this thing that I was obsessed with. It's what I loved more than anything. And before I knew it, it had become this corrosive job. It's a day job, you know, like mm-hmm. making music for like Listerine to basically make a song that's like, hey, can you make the sound just enough like Justin Bieber, but also just different enough from Justin Bieber that we don't get sued? Like very soul sucking, very, very draining type of work. That's just like, wow, this thing that I used to love became a day job. And I don't want that. You know, I want my yep. music to feel like something I love. So I think that there's a lot of like people who have had that moment of clarity and realization that it's like, it's not all it's cracked up to be a lot of the time. Yeah. That's so, that's so funny that you, you say that. Cause I was thinking about this the other day about how I just don't really like working. Like, I don't know if anyone like, I, I, I swear <laughs> yeah. to you, people are like, no, I love work. I'm like, I think you're just like avoiding pain in other parts of your life. No, that that is work is brutal, man. Sometimes I'm like, man, all we do is work to die. This is crazy. What are we doing? But, yeah. but if we turn, like I was thinking when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, well, if I turn everything that I love into work or income, then I hate working. Then I'm going to end up hating the things that I love. If I just keep yes. making everything into a business. And so killing my passions, man. But, um, but I think there is something to say, like you're saying, I want to make money doing something I love. So I think they're like a both end, right? I don't think it's yeah. either or where totally. I'm like, yeah, I should make what I love to do. And my, some of my passions into income, I don't have to do that with all of them or I don't totally. have to do that with like the rest of my life. Like, 
I can always iterate just like we're iterating at the podcast. Like I think in or any creative project, I can iterate my own life. Um, mm. I remember I was talking to, so my brother's brother-in-law, he's basically family since forever. We've been really close. His name's Joey. I was talking to Joey about life and the things I was doing at the time. I was, yeah, freelance podcast, film photos. I was bartending. I'm doing these different projects and ventures and all that. And I'm in Albuquerque at the time. And I remember talking about all this and I was like, man, I just, it's just not fulfilling. And he goes, don't say that. It's not, it's, it is fulfilling work because someone out there wants to be exactly where you're at. Someone wants to do the bartending and the freelance creative work and juggle all that stuff. And they will be fulfilled. So the difference is, is not that what you're doing isn't a fulfilling job and what you're doing isn't fulfilling work. The problem is, is that you don't know what you want and it's not Mm. what you, and, but you know that this is something you don't want. So he's like, you got to do different things and try different things so you can figure out what do you want in life? Cause Mm. he also, he also told me, he's like, Josh, when are you going to stop letting life happen to you? And when are you going to happen to life? Cause I Mm -hmm. would just kind of fall into things. Right. And like I was saying earlier. And so Anyways, it, it, it's it's tough, man. It's tough to like really figure out what you want. And I think it's been easier for me to be like, well, why don't I just try things and figure out what I don't want? Just like yeah. with this podcast, like, oh, I don't want to, this is the threads. I don't want to do this. It actually doesn't give me life and I'm not going to do it. But you wouldn't have known you didn't want to do those things until you said, I'm going to consistently try to do these things. Um, right. The But yeah, the biggest thing I think that's so tough and you, you touched on this too, just on creating is just, Man, for me, yeah, I put a bit of myself into these, like, it's a lot of art and creation for me is like an, an expression of myself. Like I want to, I, I have all these feelings and emotions and thoughts and thinking about life. And I want to put them into the work I do, whether it's writing or photos or film or podcasting. And when you put a little bit of yourself into these things, that's what makes critiquing so hard. Because for me, I feel like they're critiquing me and my being and my soul. And it's like, oh, yeah torn apart but uh but then you find this empathy with kindred spirits which i think is just so cool like you with other creatives they're like man even if they'd like it or don't like it it's like man you're but you're putting yourself out there and i think you find that through through putting a little bit of yourself in your work you do and it's not necessarily going to be uh like i want to be i want to keep doing that rather than feeling like oh these critiques and then it's going to stop me from creating because for sure um Somewhere, someone I've talked with you or someone in the podcast where it's like, yeah, books have been written, but no books have been written by you. So this stuff totally. has been done, so, but none of it's done by you. So that's an encouragement for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And finding people like you, your point is like, it almost feels like you find your, if you can find people who are also supportive and also doing the same stuff as you, you kind of like, it's like this feeling of like being kind of outlaws i'm trying to find the right word but like it's funny when you you know i think of jane my wife who's you know she's embarked on her her musical journey a lot more this past year she's released a few songs she's you know starting to play shows things like that and she's also done this extra effort work of finding other musicians who are at like a similar stage that she is and she's going out of her way to support them and they're going out of their way to support, you know, they'll go to each other's shows, they'll post each other's songs when they release singles. Like it's this level of like they can see each other and respect each other and have each other's back and be like, it's like this almost unspoken thing. Like mm. we're in this and we're doing this, and other people do not understand. 
they will not understand it t- until they have stepped in our shoes and tried this out. And that's a good feeling when you find yeah. people like that. You're like, man, I feel like understood like and like, yeah, it's hard. And I think of, uh, you know, when I think of that, the guy I, and I keep I maybe that's my avatar of who I imagine is making fun of me or doesn't like me online or whatever is a guy in basketball shorts at his parents <laughs> at his parents house on Twitter. That's like the avatar of the person who is judging me. And, and like, there's funny. probably some weird psychology in that of like, uh, anyway, but I'm just, I, I'm just saying like when that guy starts judging you, um, but you have like a community of people who are like, that guy just doesn't get it. Like I get you and I understand why you're doing what you're doing. Like that just feels yeah. good. You know? Yeah. To, I feel that to my core, like that whole the Enneagram four stuff. And like, you're saying you have this tension of like, am I three or am I four? Like the big thing with the four is like, man, like, uh, you, I want to be seen. Oftentimes I go through life feeling like I'm misunderstood Mm -hmm. and I am so afraid of being unseen and misunderstood. And so when you find those people, when you find those people in the spaces of doing things that you love and you're passionate about, there's a, that's, there's almost no better feeling than that. Right. For sure. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, we can start to wrap it up, I think. But yeah, long story short, I'm grateful for you. All the help you've given the podcast. Grateful for you to be on today to talk about it. Yeah, it's cool, dude. It's cool to have you on the journey and to like, I don't know, have somebody to to do these weird experiments with. Because I think for me, yeah, I'm definitely like, it's funny that you say like, it seems like I'm, and maybe that's just like my defense mechanism is like appear confident or appear like I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> at all and i'm just like i have a i have hunches you know and i have gut feelings and i'm like all right i just want to try this and mo- more than anything it's like i would i look at myself and i'm like would i want this mm-hmm. and that's like kind of what's leading me to make these choices but there, dude i'm there's so much insecurity and like fear and trying a lot of this stuff so it's really cool to have uh you know you you there to help me and support the support the show and what we're doing like i think just to get peek behind the curtain for people still listening like you know, for me, the the bigger vision of make something cool is, you know, to build it into more of like a media company, a media entity where there is a podcast, there is a newsletter, there could be video components down the line. Maybe down the line, it's like a network of different shows and different things happening. But it's like really, I want it to be a hub where we, you know, help people defeat insecurity and make something cool. Like that is the mission of MSC is to help people defeat insecurity and make something cool. And that starts with me being an insecure person who's trying to make cool stuff like that all comes back to me and like what what I want it to be. But yeah, man, appreciate you uh, a ton for all the work you do on the show and, you know, going along with me while I try all this crazy shit. It's 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 nice to have somebody who's who's along for the ride. Dude, absolutely, man. I think I think uh, I received that. And I also want to say I I thank you for for putting so much trust like yeah, I, you, there's so many people out there that are a little more conventional or have, you know, the more traditional route in, in producing and creating work, uh, like the podcast. And so it's just, it's been really cool to, yeah, for you to put your trust in me in, in this project. Cause I know it's a passion project of yours and you're like, Hey man, I'm going to trust you with this, this piece of piece of me and what I'm creating on the world. And I, that means a whole ton. And it's been so much fun in that, in that regard. Like I like listening to this kind of content because like, I'm very similar. I am fearful of putting my work out there. And and so listening to this and getting to listen to all these creators has been so encouraging to the point where, yeah, I, I 
decide as you know i'm going to do this this newsletter because of because of you and make something cool i'm going to work in my own personal podcast and put going to put that out there because of make something cool and and finding that courage and and dude you just it's going through this stuff with other people just it's just way more it's way more fulfilling for me like journeying with people is like it's it's a good time so i i really appreciate you yeah keeping me keeping me around and uh allowing me to to learn as I go and figure out like all these different changes and iterations with you. And yeah, dude, we're going to figure it out and we're going to keep yeah. going. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's great, man. Yeah. And so I guess just to wrap up, I'll give like the high level details to everyone listening um, of what, what is to come. So yeah, if you dig the newsletter, which it seems like a lot of people do, you can go to makedaily.co. You can sign up for that. That's going to continue. So the daily newsletter, like I said at the top will continue. Also, if you're on Instagram, YouTube, or TikTok, go follow makesomething.cool on any of those. And um, yeah, we're making these cool, you know, 30 second video clips to go along with Make Daily that people seem to dig. So follow there. And then as far as the podcast goes, Make Something Cool, we will continue back on our interview style. So we're going to book some awesome creators coming in the next few weeks or so and get that going. So just keep an eye out for your podcast player for new episodes to drop. Uh, and obviously all that will be shot out through email and uh, social. So yeah, the best way to keep up with what we're doing is just going to alexhug.com, signing up for the newsletter. Everything will be there. You'll see. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, again, thank you, Josh, for hanging, talking through this. I think this is really cool to talk through how we failed, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it's just more like iterating than anything else. So yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll be back soon with another new episode. So uh, yeah, thank you. Let's go make something cool.